You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. The DNC hack seems to be spreading. Campaign consultants' private accounts may also have been compromised. Forensic evidence points to Moscow, but some still see room for doubt. Experts say the moral should be encrypt. ISIS claims to have inspired the most recent bombing in Germany. Industry news includes a look at automotive cybersecurity. And WikiLeaks' Assange says of the DNC docs, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, July 26, 2016. The scope of the Democratic National Committee hack seems to be wider than initially believed. Not only were the party's networks compromised, but so apparently were personal records of Democratic consultants and Clinton campaign workers. DNC consultant Alexandra Chalupa began receiving pop-up warnings on her Yahoo Mail account shortly after she began searching for connections between Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort and Ukrainian or Russian businesses as part of the DNC's opposition research. The automated warnings from Yahoo Security said, quote, We strongly suspect that your account has been the target of state-sponsored actors, end quote. Other campaign officials' personal accounts and devices may also have been accessed by those state-sponsored actors, who are widely believed to be what CrowdStrike calls Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear, a.k.a. Russia's GRU and FSB. CNN says federal authorities warned the Democratic National Committee of a potential network breach months before the party acknowledged and addressed the problem. The DNC says the warnings it received from the FBI were nonspecific. The FBI is currently investigating the hack. Most observers concur with CrowdStrike's attribution of the DNC hack to Russian intelligence services, and there's much speculation about Russian motives, largely centered on President Putin's conjectured wishes to throw the U.S. presidential election to the presumably simpatico Mr. Trump. Some security firms like eCentire and Rook do note that forensic analysis of the kind CrowdStrike offers in evidence can be more circumstantial than dispositive. Finding a Kalishnikov at a crime scene doesn't mean the Russians did it, as Rook puts it. But signs do seem to point towards Moscow. What, if any, response the U.S. will make is unclear and will probably await the outcome of investigation. Krebs looks at both Democratic and Republican email practices and finds them wanting, specifically because they flunked authentication by not having implemented DMARC. Other observers think there are additional lessons to be learned as well. The big takeaway, according to several security industry experts who contacted the CyberWire, is this. Encrypt your email. Here's a sampling of what they told us. InfoArmor's Byron Rashid said, quote, When dealing with sensitive information through email, it should always be encrypted, end quote. Sure, this can be inconvenient, but it's important if you want to deny hackers access to it. John Gunn of Vasco Data Security told us, quote, Encryption is simple to use, inexpensive, and highly effective. It doesn't guarantee the hackers could not have obtained the information, but it certainly would have made their job a lot more difficult, end quote. 
He sees a systematic email failure of this kind as further evidence of the shortage of security professionals and campaign's unwillingness to pay for their help. Quote, there are many commercial solutions that do exactly what was needed to protect these leaked emails. It just takes a pro and some dough. End quote. Last Line's Giovanni Vigna notes that encryption, while important, doesn't render you bulletproof, especially if a nation-state is after your data. Quote, Using encrypted email would have helped. Encryption adds another layer of protection, which requires an attacker to obtain the encryption keys of a user in order to decrypt the messages. However, if a nation-state is involved, it's not unthinkable that a compromise might include access to the secret key of the email recipients. End quote. Stu Showerman is CEO of No Before and the author of the book Cyber Heist, the biggest financial threat facing American businesses. He gave us his take on the DNC hack. You know, you kind of have to look at how these guys operate and what they have done before. Generally speaking, state-sponsored hacking organizations use particular types of tools, usually developed in-house with a very specific signature if you see these tools come back over and over again and you know who you're dealing with because that's an, an, a unique kind of identifier it's not all that hard when you know who you're dealing with to point to what the source is of a particular hack and so what about the notion that this represents an attempt by the russians to influence the u.s elections where do you where do you come down on that idea typical putin most people remember that um, Putin is originally uh, a KGB man, that, that's called FSB these days. But once you're a spook, always a spook is the expression. This is fairly normal uh, operations from their perspective. So I'm not surprised at all. They're very good. They are extremely uh, sophisticated. They are. They have the best of the best over there. And if they really put their mind to it, uh, you know, Russian hackers can get into pretty much anything. Showerman is particularly intrigued by the use of WikiLeaks to distribute the documents. The fact that they're using WikiLeaks is interesting. WikiLeaks doesn't seem to care that they are being used uh, uh, this way, but the, the documents are, are real. So it's a sword with a double edge in a, in a case like this. You know, if we could say, yeah, well, we don't care where it came from, even if it's a Russian state-sponsored hackers, we still promote it. That's just an interesting angle. That's Stu Showerman. He's the CEO of No Before. There is news in cyberspace beyond the precincts of the U.S. presidential campaign. ISIS remains sadly active online, posting a pre-suicide video allegedly from the Ansbach bomber in which the young man declares his adherence to the Islamic State and his commitment to jihad. German authorities are increasing their scrutiny of potential terrorists, particularly among that country's recent influx of refugees. In industry news, a Calvio Technologies has emerged from stealth. The company, which has been operating for some two years, announced a combined $17 million in Series A and B funding. A Calvio describes its offerings as fluid deception, a shifting and less resource-intensive set of decoys for attackers. Last Friday, the CyberWire covered the inaugural Billington Global Automotive Cybersecurity Summit in Detroit. Our full report is available online at thecyberwire.com, but today we caught up with our editor for an overview of what we heard there. We'll hear from him after the break. Finally, forgive us if we return in closing to the DNC hack and its attribution of Russia. 
There are a few notables who dissent from that attribution. They include WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who says no one has any real proof the Russians gave him the documents. Assange says he's got lots more documents and will release them soon, and that they'll be enough to put Hillary Clinton in jail, which of course will be believed when it's seen. Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov also says Russia had nothing to do with it. Lavrov's denial is more denial by dismissal than non-denial denial. He said he wouldn't comment because he doesn't wish to use four-letter words. That's some good cultural awareness and knowledge of demotic American idiom on the foreign minister's part. If he'd been speaking Russian, those words would surely have run to five letters. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is John Petrick. He's the editor of the CyberWire. John, uh, last Friday you were at the uh, Billington Cybersecurity Global Automotive Cybersecurity Summit in Detroit. Just for our listeners, give us a, a brief description. What was this conference like? Uh, the conference was held, of course, in Detroit with uh, heavy sponsorship from the automotive industry, especially General Motors. They were they were very much present there. It brought together a lot of experts from the automotive industry, from also the security industry, from sectors that the automotive industry thinks it has something to learn from, notably aerospace and defense. And it brought some people in from universities and government as well. So what were some of the bigger trends that you saw in the conference? There's a strong sense at the conference that the automobile industry thinks that it's getting ahead of the problem of cybersecurity. They think that uh, they have a chance to get it right from the outset because they, unlike many other sectors, they think uh, haven't really been hit by a devastating cyber attack. So they think they've got a good chance to get it right from the beginning. And just before the conference opened, the Auto ISAC released the set of best practices for automobile cybersecurity that they'd uh, been developing. Uh, the Auto ISAC is an industry group that uh, does that sort of thing. Any any surprises that came out of the conference? The concern of the conference was overwhelmingly for vehicle security and safety, that there wasn't a lot of talk about protecting IP. There wasn't a lot of talk about protecting your networks against the kinds of uh, 
hacking that we're familiar with in other corporate sectors. It was also interesting to hear that nobody at the conference thought that the industry was moving too rapidly down some of the technological lines of advance it's moving. No one, for example, thought that autonomous vehicle technology should be slowed down or stopped. That, In fact, people from both industry and government argued that uh, autonomous vehicle technology probably represented a very important advance in safety. So that was interesting. Some of the surprises came out of some familiar things. We've heard at many conferences over the last several years, people from the FBI and the Department of Justice talking about the importance of investigating cyber attacks and about imposing costs on the people who are committing them. So we heard a lot about that from the FBI and the DOJ. Uh, But there were some very interesting things that came out of there. One of the speakers was uh, David Johnson, who's the Associate Executive Assistant Director, if I've got that long title correct, (laughs) the Associate Executive Assistant Director of the FBI. And he was very interested in encouraging any company, any automobile manufacturer or supplier who came under cyber attack to come to law enforcement. And that's a familiar theme, of course. The FBI always says that. And I have no reason to think they mean anything but that. He talked about the importance of getting to know your local FBI. But one thing he was very insistent on, and I think this was very interesting in what he said, he said, we are not going to treat you as anything other than the victim of a crime. So we're not going to treat you as the person who's responsible or liable for any crime. And in fact, he said, and he said this very slowly and very clearly, we will not provide opinion or comment to regulatory agencies. So what's behind that? What's, what's the subtext there? The subtext is that there's been a lot of aggressive regulatory policing by some federal agencies. And there are many people in industries, not so much the auto industry, but other industries, mostly healthcare, I think, uh, who think that there are federal agencies who are kind of out to get them. And there was a, a little bit of a taste of that in the talk by the Federal Trade Commissioner. And she started her, her little presentation on her panel by saying, ironically, with some self-deprecating humor, I'm from the FTC and I'm here to help you. you know, so that got the laugh. <laughs> right. but, but she herself was in a, in a kind of peacemaking mood. You know, She talked about the importance of understanding that perfection is not the standard. It can't be the standard. We're interested in working together with people to get it right. But those are the kinds of, when people like the FBI say regulatory body, regulatory agency, they mean groups like the SEC, the FTC, um, the FCC, that kind of body, Mm -hmm. the the people who develop and enforce regulations. And the Bureau apparently uh, wants people to understand that if they come to them with a problem, the Bureau is not going to dime them out to the regulators. John Petrick, editor of the CyberWire, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge. 
and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.